Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COB is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Welcome to the COB. I'm Juliette Sali. We got to the end of the first trading week, the first full trading week of 2024. And uh, it is a little bit of a negative end. It's been a very volatile week's trade, but it does look like we are going to close lower by about two tenths of 1%. Uh, there has been some better momentum coming through in the latter part of trade, and that's because of those energy stocks rallying. So let's bring up what the SIBO 200 is doing. As I mentioned, about two tenths of 1%. We've got to close out, though, of course, when it comes to the ASX 200 down by two tenths of 1%. As we hit uh, that closing match off as well, a loss of about 16 points, 7,490 is where we sit at the moment. We'll bring you the official closing figure in about 10 minutes time. But uh, in terms of the themes that have really dominated today, well, these missile strikes uh, really escalating the tension in the Red Sea and pushing these oil prices higher. Uh, of course, we are hearing further reports reports of these strikes uh, in Yemen, really lifting um, that energy space and seeing our energy stocks rising as well. We also had uh, overnight Iran seizing this oil tanker off the coast of Amman. When it comes to the overall inflationary picture, though, a little bit of a mixed picture there because we had that hotter than expected inflation read coming through from the US. What does that mean for the Fed? Is the likelihood of a cut as early as March now pushed out somewhat? And then in China, a completely different picture of disinflation with once again uh, signs that there is a weak economy there coming through with uh, their inflationary print. And uh, we also had trade data coming through out of China as well. I do want to get you the official figures and I don't want to get them wrong. So let me just bring up what they actually were. Uh, the consumer price index in China down 0.3 of 1% or falling 0.3 of 1% from a year ago. Exports, though, rising at a faster than expected pace, imports returning to growth. So again, this mixed picture on the global economic front as we kickstart 2024. And speaking of kickstarting 2024, well, the crypto flurry, what a lot of interest on the first trading day of those US listed Bitcoin ETFs, 4.6 billion US dollars there changing hands. Uh, the ETFs, of course, really marking this watershed moment for the crypto space because it does make it easier for retail investors to get a piece of the pie and I guess a broader acceptance of crypto as an investment, although we heard that that warning heated from US uh, SEC Chair Gary Gensler immediately after the approval, kind of giving a sense that perhaps his hands were tied, saying that this is not an endorsement of Bitcoin as, of course, a cryptocurrency. All right, let's have a look at some of the sectors. I mentioned uh, we are really focusing in on what's happening in the middle 
Middle East and the Red Sea and these escalating tensions really pushing energy prices higher. Woodside Santos finishing up as is Beach Energy, Ampol and Viva though to the downside. Utilities in focus as well. Um, Origin is not coming up there but it was ex-dividend so it certainly has been weighing on the sector and uh, Origin Energy shares if I can bring them up quickly. Let's see how fast I can type. Actually rising by 4% uh, at the close. So ex-dividend, what didn't make a difference at all? Consumer staples though, let's have a look at what they are doing. Woolies and Coles very much in focus. Coles, of course, slashing a number of its products. This week, bowing to pressure from the PM, Metcash off by 1%. Endeavour Group, the alcohol group off by 1.6%. Treasury wine up four tenths of 1%. It is wine time after all. All right, let's have a look at some of the top and uh, worst performers. Helios, the worst performer on the ASX. Morgan Stanley downgrading its rating to under weight down about six and a half percent as we head into the close. Illumina off almost three percent. Its rating was cut to neutral by analysts at City. The graphite producer Sierra Resources higher. It says the ramp up of its US project will be hampered by cold weather set to hit Louisiana next week but it does expect to begin production by the end of next month. And uh, Newick shares, excuse me, down by about 13%. Expecting an earnings hit for the first half of full year 24 because of their legal costs with ASIC. And uh, we've also been watching CZR Resources unveiling a deal to sell a long-stranded iron ore project to Chinese interests for $102 million. I'm hoping that is CZR that has just got the wrong name there. Yes, it is. Uh, So up 18% to 36 cents. All right, not the wrong name for our next guest. The COB welcomes Henry Jennings for the first time for 2024 from Marcus today. Henry, I'm a bit sad that the Santa hat's gone. A long time till we see that again. (laughs) But uh, Happy New Year, if I'm still allowed to say that. And I guess what's been your key take on what has been a bit of a volatile first full week of trade? Yeah, hi, Julia. Thanks very much for having me on and Happy New Year to you and all your viewers as well. First time out. So, yes, yeah, only been back a couple of days. So it's an interesting market, to say the least. We haven't really gone anywhere uh, this week. I think we're finishing the week pretty much where we started. So not really going anywhere. We are consolidating to some extent. I guess the standout for me today has been the uranium stocks, which are doing extraordinarily well. Deep yellow uh, is up 7.6% up to $1.34. We bought that one back in uh, in early December, uh, actually mid-December, just before Christmas at $0.94 cents after they did a uh, capital raise. So that one's been going pretty well. Uh, Boss Energy as well. And we've also seen uh, various other uh, stocks also doing pretty well in that sector too. So not a bad start to the year, certainly for uranium stocks. And this is all coming on the back of the US in terms of their move away from Russia and their uranium enriched product, which uh, the US has been reliant on to some extent for some time. So a uranium price themselves doing well and uranium stocks also doing well as well. Yeah, you were talking about this uh, move by the US really trying to to take away from focus on Russia as well, giving a bit of a, a boost to some of these uh, biotech players as well. What are you seeing there? Uh, well, I guess, you know, to some extent, biotechs are uh, pretty much a binary story, or at least they have been in the past. And we know that they take a long time to come to fruition. And we know also that they take a lot of money 
Uh, and one of the best examples of that, I guess, is Mesoblast, which over the years has sucked up an awful lot of investment money for really little to show for it apart from uh, keeping the company going. But last year, uh, it doesn't feel that long ago, does it? But last mm-hmm. year, 2023, uh, we sat down with uh, the CEO of Neuron Pharmaceutical, uh, Joe uh, Pilcher, a very fascinating story. And the stock has done extraordinarily well. Uh, when we first started looking at it, it was around 9 bucks. Now it's around $24. And that sort of uh, trajectory, I think, really helps the sector. And I wouldn't be surprised to see more happening in the sector going into uh, this year, 2024. The other thing, of course, is that the whole AI uh, revolution, I think, is going to be quite uh, quite significant in terms of medical research. We've even seen this week news coming out of the US that uh, they have discovered a new material uh, which uh, for battery technology, so we're not talking biotech, but battery technology uh, that they have uh, tested through AI and AI basically found this material, narrowed it down, and it takes away around 70% of the demand for lithium. Of course, it's a long way away from fruition, a long way away from commercialization. But I guess it just shows the power of AI in discovering not only new materials, but also it will go into discovering and helping biotechs really hone uh, the results and their uh, their treatment. So I think that's quite significant. And we probably will see a bit more of that this year. Telex Pharmaceuticals is one that's cropped up on my radar. A little bit of uh, talk yesterday in the AFR on that one as well uh, regarding a possible US uh, listing or NASDAQ listing and maybe uh, leaving our shores. But there's certainly a few of them around, Avita uh, and uh, Polynovo in the skin and trauma treatment business. Uh, so the, there's a few of these around, and they are starting to uh, to make some headway. And I guess when you look at Neuron and the, and the potential profits that uh, investors could have made in that one uh, against the uh, the constant drip drip of capital raisings that we've seen in Mesoblast, maybe we're starting to see a little bit of a recognition that Australian companies can be pretty good in this sector, and we can. You know, there is a lot of money to be made in biotech. Sometimes they're not just. Um, the uh, never-ending story, if you like. Indeed. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think your Santa pick was Zip, which hasn't had a great day today. Have we kind of seen a a bit of a top in some of these tech players, or or what are you looking at in that space now? Uh, My Santa pick was uh, Zip. You're right, Julia. I picked it at 38 cents, and it went to uh, nearly 60, so it wasn't a bad Santa Mm. pick. It has come back to around 50 cents today, so... Um, you know, my, my whole sort of investment thesis, I guess, was to do with the fact that the U.S. consumer is still alive and well, and even though they're under pressure, to some extent, uh, they're finding different ways to pay for things. We've seen that with a firm, but clearly, you know, they're under a little bit of pressure today. But that does come and go. It is quiet times at the moment. My target for Zip was around 70 cents for the year. If you bought them at 38 cents and they, and they did get to 70 cents, that's not a bad return. I still think they could get to 70 cents this year. There's obviously regulatory issues uh, that are out there and about. We are expected to hear back from the Australian government in terms of uh, some of those issues. But I would say that Zip and the other incumbents have really seen off the competition to some extent. You know, we haven't had uh, the myriad of startup by now pay later companies that we saw when it was all the fad, it's really now been left to the incumbents, the, uh, you know, the, the afterpays, the zips, if you like, uh, to, uh, to sort of steal uh, what's left of the goodies out there. So I'm still relatively bullish on zip, 
not as bullish, I guess, as I was at 38 cents because they have had pretty good run. But I think if you can pick them up between 45 and 50, uh, you should see 70 cents this year from Zip as consumer spending continues. What's amazing to me, I, I guess, if you look at our own consumer sentiment stocks, now you've got JB Hi-Fi, Harvey Norman, super cheap. They've all been absolutely on huge, huge runs. And here we are being told that consumers are dead and that no one's spending any money because of interest rate rises. Well, the stock prices are telling you something different or at least anticipating rate cuts and a better consumer environment going forward in the next six to 12 months, I guess. All right. Well, yes, you did very well on Zip with that call and uh, happy new year to you, Henry. We look forward to plenty more chats throughout 2024. Henry Jennings, of course, from Marcus today. All right. Well, we are seeing the market close out. Let's have a look at the market leaders. We touched on Core Lithium there rebounding after about a 17% drop over the course of the week. Uh, Henry was talking there about a lot of these uranium players. Boss Energy having another good day. Neuron Pharmaceuticals up almost 5%. Bellevue Gold and Telix, which was also there on Henry's radar, up by 4%. We certainly get the guests that know how to pick the stocks. Let's have a look at the laggards here in the day's trade. Helios, we talked about on that broker downgrade off six and a half percent star entertainment off by almost five percent Illumina, of course it's been all about uh, this joint venture with alcoa and cutting costs in wa down by about three percent amp and nrw holdings also lower in terms of the smaller end of town let's have a look at the leaders airtasker do love airtasker gotta say up 13 percent today 26 cents uh, step one danny's fave stock there up by about 10%. I say that tongue in cheek. She won't like me saying that. Um, let's have a look at uh, what we are seeing with some of the laggards. A2B was ex-div today, so down by about 33%. Neo Metals uh, off by about 11%. But remember, it had a really good run yesterday on the back of that uh, tie-up with Mercedes-Benz. Uh, Bougainville Copier there, oh, Copper, excuse me, down by 7%. All right, we'll have a look at what we're going to look out for in terms of the asset class of the day, which was Bitcoin ETS. And June Beilu of Tribeca Investment Partners and Mark Gardner of MPC Markets told Koshi their buy, hold and sell verdicts. There are so many ways of investing in Bitcoin and then you, you don't really need a Bitcoin ETF to do so. It's usually a sign. We've seen it again with so many yes. different asset oh, class. Wow. It's a sign. It's the top of the market because there's so right. much hot money sitting in it. Um, look, Bitcoin itself in terms of fundamental, it's really reflective of where the risk, um, you know, investor risk appetite sits. Last whole month, we had a massive bull market across the NASDAQ and Bitcoin tend to somewhat correlate it with that because people want to buy alternative asset right. class to chase return. Um, so from here on, it does look like it is looking very very volatile gold and you know crypto they're you know their stores of value they, yeah. they may start to attract um they may start to attract some further pricing up there's a halving of bitcoin in april this year yes. as well so um and yeah i i, I think it assuming that there's 50 to 100 billion most analysts have said flooding into it this year they they still are calling a hundred thousand but look it's I'm, at this stage i wouldn't be nece wouldn't be necessarily buying here at the moment i, I would um yeah same as the risk assets of the uh, we're not getting long risk assets uh, risk assets here at the moment yeah so we probably wouldn't be getting long bitcoin right. but probably looking to buy the dip for the long term <laughs> All 
All right, let's have a look at what we're going to look out for locally in the week ahead. We are going to get the monthly uh, inflation gauge. Well, we got that this week. So potentially we are looking ahead, of course, to that quarterly print later in the month as well. But uh, consumer sentiment for January. No, I correct myself because we got the November inflation gauge, didn't we? So we'll be looking out for more inflation prints, January consumer sentiment, labor force data for December, overseas arrivals and departures for November and the CBA household spending for December. So a lot of things for the RBA to go through there. China, GDP growth, US retail sales and trade prices and the Fed's beige book. We'll also get the Empire State Manufacturing Index. So, so many pieces to the pie as to what both the RBA and Fed are going to do. The RBA, of course, doesn't meet again until February. Well, that does it for this day's trade and the week. Let's just catch up where we are on the SIBO 200 and also the ASX 200. So down two tenths of 1% uh, in terms of what we saw on the SIBO uh, 200, the ASX 200 off by about two tenths of 1%. But it has been a really volatile week in terms of uh, moves on the market, up, down, up, down, of course, very much focused as well. In terms of what we've been seeing with crypto, uh, over the course of the week, the index virtually unchanged and still about 2% below its 52-week high. We talked about the fact that Helios and Star are some of the biggest laggers. But when it comes to sectors on the ASX 200, the energy sector a standout up by half of 1% amidst weakness in utilities, consumer staples, industrials. And this is really all on the back of that rising oil price as well. So a lot for markets to digest ahead of the uh, global session on Wall Street and, of course, in Europe. But that does it for the COB and for Ausbiz for the week. We will be back on Monday with plenty of interviews and uh, a lot to catch up on. So we look forward to seeing you then. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.